I want to uh, continue our series, There Will Be Joy. This is our declaration. This is our posture, our stance. Uh, not a request, really a declaration that there will be joy. And I've been saying this in my own life. I will have joy. I will have joy. Luke chapter 2, verse 9, tells the story, the Christmas story of the angel coming to the shepherds. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you, now listen to this, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. This is powerful. And we can just pray and go home right now. I, I, I bring you good news. So there, there is news that God has, his good news, that will cause great joy. The joy is even greater than the news. It's good news and great joy. That will be for how many people? All people. For all people. For, for, for the, that neighbor that you just know. Just need, you know that neighbor? Everyone has that, everyone has that neighbor. Pastor Keon has that neighbor. And, uh, and I mean, it just, I mean, they just need that, they need that joy. That relative, you're probably gearing up to see them, or some of you are like, thank God COVID's here, I don't have to see them. But it, 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 you, you, everybody has someone that, that you know that needs that joy. This joy is for all people. This joy is for, you know what, you might be thinking about this for yourself. I don't know if I could ever. I know you can, Pastor. I know, I know these people. Do you know this, this joy is for you? Well, you don't know my year. You don't know my situation. This joy is for, this good news causes great joy for all people. All means all. It says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Christmas is about this good news. It's about the good news that causes great joy. That good news is that at one point we were separated from God because of our sin. And God so loved us, does it sound familiar? God so loved us that he sent his son to be a bridge, to be a go-between, to be a sacrifice, to bridge the gap so that you and I can have connection with God. Did you, did you know that, that really when you talk about good news, the good news is really about connection. It's that something I was disconnected from, I now can be connected to. That the sin that kept me at a distance from God has now been covered by my Savior Jesus, and now I can come close. In fact, Hebrews says, I can come before the throne of God with boldness. Another translation says, I can come before his throne with confidence. I think the greatest present, Christmas present ever, we talked about this last week, is God's presence. His presence. I don't know if I've ever been more grateful for God's presence. That he's close to us. That, that he's with us. That he's for us. He's, he's with us in bad days and he's with us in good days. He's with us in good years and he's with us in bad years. He's, he's with us in the storms of life, in the fires of life. He is with us. I'm grateful for his presence. And if anything you need to know from going from one year to the next is knowing that God's presence is available to you and to me. I can enter into that presence at any time. I can live in that presence. And where his presence is, there is peace. Where his presence is, there's hope. Where, there's presence is, where his presence is, there's joy. Now that's really where presence is. We learned this last week, Psalm 16. It says, in his presence, 
there is fullness of joy. We look for, for joy in so many places. Joy, friends, is found in his presence. You can get happy about happenings or happy about good things, but joy is something that's internal. I can be happy or feel emotion about things happening externally, but joy is something on the inside. Joy is found, it's found in the presence of God. Christmas, on that Christmas so many years ago, shepherds, Jesus shows up, the angels show up to, to the shepherds and announce that Jesus is coming, that great joy, great joy. Isn't that interesting that, that, that that's what they said, that the good news would cause great joy? It's almost like God wants you to have joy. Now, some Christians, they walk around, it's like, I don't know if they've ever had joy. I don't, I don't know if they've ever been happy. I mean, they, they pray mad, they worship mad, they give mad, they serve mad. It's just like, smile. My sister used to tell me, because I, I, can, I can tend to be intense at times, and I know you don't believe it, but I can. And, 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 I, and my, my sister used to tell me, my older sister, she, was, she loved me enough to tell me the truth. And uh, she, she said, Dustin, you don't even look happy. I'm like, I am happy. She goes, tell your face. I'm like, wow, really? You know, it's just like, you know, there's people that love you enough to tell you the truth. Some Christians, they just need some joy. You know, the joy and Jesus are synonymous. That I, I can have some sort of joy or happiness without Jesus, but I can't have Jesus and not have joy. If I have him, if I have him, he produces a type of joy in me. In John chapter 15, verse 9, it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain, another translation says, abide in my love. If, it's condition, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Now listen to this. I have told you this. This is why Jesus told them this. So that you may have joy. So I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete. Another translation says that your joy may be overflowing. That your joy, another translation says that your joy may remain. I need that one. I like, I got joy. I can get joy. I can get in the presence of God and I get joy. I left Sunday with joy, but it doesn't take many people cut me off on the way home to feel like someone's trying to rob my joy. You know what I'm saying? I, I get through on social media and it's like, people are trying to steal my joy. Like, what is wrong? I mean, this joy is a joy that remains. A joy that is overflowing. I'm going to tell you this. I think our world needs some joy. I think our world needs some of this Jesus joy. I think our world needs some of this joy that will last. Some joy that remains. Some joy that's, that's evident. Some joy that is seen. It's interesting, this text, it says, if you remain in me, connected to me. Connected, connected. I, I tried to... Um, decorate our house for Christmas, you know, and put up Christmas lights and, and the whole thing. But I'm like kind of a minimalist, and so I like it, you know, clean and neat. And, and it's not even fun, really, because it's just like, just like a little strip there. And I'm like, yeah, it's perfect and no colors and, and uh, all of that. But then you have kids, you know, and, and uh, the kids are like into these uh, like inflatable things. You know, you plug them in and they, they blow up. And, and um, so I, I, I pre I've pretended like I hate it, but I've kind of gotten into it. 
So I, I keep on ending up buying a new in, inflatable, and, uh, and everybody thinks it's the boys and Jamie. It's incredible. And, um, and, and I'm like, I just found this one. It's, it's hilarious. You're going to have to drive by my house and, and check it out. Uh, but we call him Brain Freeze, and, and, and Brain Freeze is a snowman. He's eating ice cream, but he doesn't just blow up, and he doesn't just like light up. He actually shakes. He shivers because he's cold. Anyways. He's awesome. Baby Yoda's out there. And um, the, the problem is that these things like pull too much power from my house. And so it keeps on, it keeps on tripping my breaker. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep the freezer going and the fridge going. And every night I feel like I'm out there trying to reconnect something. i got extension cords going everywhere. Fire marshal ever comes by my house. I'm in trouble. I, 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 it's, it's, it's a mess. But I'll have them up for a couple hours. And, and then somebody will turn on something, and then, bzzz. My joy will last for a little bit, but then when the connection drops, see, connection is really the lifeblood of joy. This is what John 15 is trying to communicate to us, is that joy is not found in a gift that you're given. Joy is found in a connection. Joy, fruit, comes from connection. Fruit is the byproduct of connection. So Jesus in John 15 is beginning to teach us that we have to stay connected to him. We have to stay connected to the vine. He's the vine. We're the branches. We have to stay connected to him. If, we have, if we're connected to him, we receive what he is. So if he is peace, if I'm connected to him, the byproduct of my connection will be peace. If he is joy, if I stay connected to him, the byproduct of my life, the fruit of my life. We've talked about this before, the fruit of the Spirit. Right? We love the gifts of the Spirit. Kapow! Hello, I'm, I'm Prophet Thomas. I'd like to, I mean, if you introduce yourself as Prophet somebody, I'm sorry, right away I'm just like, ah. Uh. Not that I don't believe in the fivefold ministry and believe in prophets, but if you've got to announce yourself, I'm just like, I. Uh. Cringe, you know. Hello, I'm a, I'm apostle. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's it's like it's like someone like just announcing their title before they even announce their name. Like just so you know, I'm the CEO. Uh, like who are you? People announce these things. The gifts of the Spirit are given. The fruit of the Spirit is a byproduct of connection. I'm wondering if we don't have a lot of Christians that are waiting for God to give them joy and give them peace and give them, but they've never been connected to him. And if they would just be connected to him, that the byproduct of connection would be fruit. And they would realize that the fruit of the Spirit is beginning to grow in their life. And all of a sudden, they're more gentle. And they're more, they have more self-control. And they have joy. Because the joy is a byproduct of what? Of connection. Of connection. Christmas is about connection. That's, that's why Jesus came, was to connect with us so that we could bear fruit, so that we could have joy and have peace. We need this. The Bible declares this, that Jesus is the light of the world. I'm going to tell you this. We need light more than ever before. 
We need the light of Jesus. We need the light of the gospel. We need the light of the good news to shine in our nation. I've never seen our nation more divided. In my lifetime, I've never seen more people fighting each other, more opinions, more ideologies, more contention, more offense than 2020. People, it's dark. We call things that are evil good, things that are good evil. We fight against people that stand for truth, and we embrace people who have erased the line. We don't even know who we are anymore. Now parties have adopted ideals, and so Christians are torn between two parties instead of standing on a biblical standard. We're arguing over if we should kill innocent babies or not. This is so simple. It's so clear. We shall not kill. But you don't take one at the expense of the other. The parties have divided us, but Jesus centers us because we have to stand up for the oppressed and we have to stand against racism. It's the world that has torn us between parties, but the cross brings us to the center. It says, I believe in each of these. I believe to stand for the life of the unborn and I believe to stand for the life of the oppressed. Don't tell me you can't do both. That's what Jesus did. That's where Jesus stands. You don't find him on one side. You find him in the middle. You find him bridging the, bridging the gap. People say, well, what side are you on, Pastor? Neither. None. I'm moving to Australia. It's a joke. Kind of. I want to be centered in his word and in his heart. And the only way to know his heart is to get connected to him. To get connected to him. Christmas is about connection. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 is it announced. This is Jesus. It says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Do you know how encouraging that must have been when the prophet Isaiah began to prophesy these words to a people that were disconnected from God, to a people who were far from God and removed from God and only able to come into his presence through priests and sacrifices. And he says, a light is coming in the dark. I would imagine that the light produced some joy. I think that the two are connected. That where the light of Jesus is, there is also joy. Jesus wants us to have joy. Many people describe depression or discouragement as darkness. You ever heard this? As I've counseled people, people say it's just like this, this darkness is over my heart. Or this darkness is over my, my mind. This, this, this weight, this darkness I feel like I'm living in. Isaiah says a, a light, a light has dawned. A light has done. Those people that are struggling with discouragement, you, you need joy. You, what you need, you need light. You need the light of Jesus to shine on the dark places of your heart and your mind and your soul and your past and your experiences and your relationships and the light of Jesus to begin to illuminate. And when light comes, joy comes. John 15 breaks it down in this way. He says, first of all, we read this, you must be or remain in my love. 
Some people have, have interpreted this as, I've got to be steadfast in my love for God. And that's not what this is. To abide in my love is to actually know God's love for me. I don't know if you know this or not, but you are loved. Some of Christianity has turned to just effort in me. I've got to try harder to love him. This is not what Jesus says. Jesus says, come and connect with me and stay connected, stay rooted, live, remain in this revelation of my love for you. Did you know you live differently when you know that you're loved? You, 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 you handle trouble differently when you know that you're loved. You handle fear differently when you know that you're loved. In fact, the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. If I know he loves me, what should I fear? If I know he loves me, what should I be afraid of? If I know he loves me, what should I back down from? If I know he loves me, why would I be timid? If I, his lo- it's a revelation of God's love for me. Remain in my Love, to remain, the Greek word means dwelling in a particular place, remaining there, abiding there. It suggests the kind of peace and stability that we associate with being at home. During the, this Christmas season, we got the house all decorated, and the, as long as the breakers don't flip, the lights are on. And we've been having these Christmas nights at home. Got the family together and the fire's going. We're watching Christmas movies. And, and it, just, it just feels good to be home. It just feels good to be home. I know this year some of you are like, I just want to be anywhere but home. All 2020 I've been at home. But it's just, feel, it's just it's something, something safe about home. You know, this is what this Greek word is actually illustrating to us. Is that I want you to make your home in the revelation that I love you. Not, 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 come on, stir yourself up and love him. No, rest in this. You are loved by God. Christmas is about connection. It's about a God that so loved you that he sent his son Jesus to connect with you. To connect. He says, remain in my, my love. You know, I, I, there's a couple different types of tea drinkers in the world. I've, I've, I've witnessed this. I hate tea. I don't, I don't know why. I, just, I, I, I don't like it, but I see, I see you all with your tea. And, there, and there's some of you that do the dip. You know what I'm saying? He's like, just like dip. I don't know if you like, like a little bit of flavor or if like enough dips, like gets the right f- amount. I don't know what you're doing. Then I see some other people, they just throw it in there. They just throw the whole thing in there, this whole tea bag in there, and just put the lid on. It's like, good. I like that. You, you know what's interesting? You throw the whole thing in there, and, 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 and it, gets, it gets so, uh, it, it, it begins to take on the water, right? It just begins to total, the flavor begins to fill the whole cup. When I dip, this is how some of us abide. We just, just a little bit here. Every Sunday, just a little dip. Just, just a little dip. This is not abide. Abide means to soak, to make your home in. In 2021, he can't be a dip. He's got to be a soak. It's got to be an all-in mentality. It's got to be not just jumping into church and out of church, into service, out of church. I'm talking about just an all-in resolve to say, God, I'm in this thing with you. You, you, you ever wash dishes and, and like right away, like you're trying to wash and, and it's like this stuff's not coming off. So you can sit there and scrub, you know, for a while. Eventually you'll get it. Or you could just soak it. And it's crazy how fast those things come off after you've soaked it. 
I think some Christians, it's just like, they're just like, oh, I gotta love God. I gotta love God. I gotta, if you would just stay connected to him, that love would just abound in your heart. It's that many of us, we want all the things that God offers, but we're not willing to stay connected or remain in him. Everything that your heart desires, everything that you want for your life would come as a result of connection. It says abide in his love. Second one, and nobody likes this one, he says obey his commands. He said, if you obey my commands, then you will abide in my love. This goes both ways. If I love him more, I want to obey him more. And if I obey him more than I love, it's a beautiful cycle. But for most of us, we say we don't know that we're loved by God. So we try to love him. We try to earn his love. And then we try to obey. You know what obeying without abiding looks like? Legalism. I got to obey God. I got to go to, you don't have to come to church. You get to come to church. This is not a, this is not a have to come to church. This is not that type of church. There's a lot of other churches you can go to. Maybe, maybe it's that, but that's not here. We get to come to church. We get to give. We get to love. We get to serve. This is our privilege. This, this, this is some, and the more you fall in love, the more you want to obey. And it's interesting. This is the command. Now, I know some of you are thinking like, what are the commands? Start thinking like, oh, yeah, I know, I know what he's talking about, the Ten Commandments. And Jesus is like, I'm going to make it super simple. He says, this is my command. Love one another. Wait a second. Like this whole thing, this John 15, this whole thing about being connected to the vine, it's all culminating in love one another? I think this is interesting. I think this is really the pivot point for joy and oftentimes the thing that we miss the most is that Jesus is trying to give them the secret of joy, and he's saying the secret to joy is not loving you. The secret to joy is loving others. It, it, you, you could use a different word synonymously. You could say that if you serve one another, not just love, obey my, obey my commands, do you serve See, most of us think that joy is about getting the right combination of life events and people so that we feel joy. And Jesus in John 15 is flipping the entire script and saying, hey, this is the thing. Actually, it's this. Know that you're loved by me. Know that you're accepted. Know that I'm proud of you. Know that I love you. Now out of that, obey me. Okay, okay, I'm going to obey you. What do I got to do? You got you to do this. Go love people. Go serve. Right, but how do I get that joy? No, no, this is how you get, this is how it works. You, you have to serve. You know, it's so funny. I counsel people all the time. Nobody wants to do this. No, but pastor, like, you don't understand. Like, I'm going through a hard time. I'm like, I know I get it. And if you would start helping someone else, God would begin to release his joy. It's a byproduct of connection. You get connected with him. You begin to obey him. And all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, here's joy. No, but... I'm having a hard time. I know, but I'm trying to tell you, it's just like you got to reverse engineer it. Joy's going to come to you, but you gotta, you, you got to look outward. No, but pastor, I just need like a little time. You're never going to get what you want unless you're connected to the source. 
When you're connected to the source and you begin to obey his command, this obedience looks like this. Who can I serve? Who can I love? Who can I give joy to? Who can I give to? Who can I be generous to? How can I help? God, how can you use me? And when I begin to look outward, this, this is actually what Jesus did. He says he didn't come to be served but to serve. Jesus came to the world to serve. He, had, he obeyed his father and he was full of joy. And we want his joy. We just don't want his journey. If you want the joy that overflows and the joy that remains, then you've got to do what he did. And you've got to be on this journey like he was. Jesus came to do the will of his father. He came to serve. We can say it this way. Serve each other. As Jesus has served us. I know some of you are thinking like, that does not sound like it would work. Don't knock it until you try it. That doesn't sound like, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know. I just think, uh, is, is, is what you're doing working? Are you full of Jesus' joy? Is Jesus just a byproduct of your connection? Are you just brimming, over, overflowing with his joy? If you're not, then you might want to begin to implement some of these strategies like abiding in the revelation that you're loved, obeying his commands, which leads us to this, to overflow with his joy. To overflow with his joy. You know, it, fruit's interesting. Fruit always resembles the character of what it was grown from. For instance, an apple tree resembles the character of the apple tree. Apples don't come from orange trees. It, it, fruit always gives itself away on what it came from. Uh, it, it, can't be, it can't turn into something else. It, it, resembles, it resembles the tree that it came from. Fruit is evident. When, when a tree bears fruit, it's evident. You see it. Like, oh, look at the fruit. Which tells me something is that if I have his joy, it should be obvious. You should be able to tell by my life, this is convicting just saying this, you should be able to tell by my life that I'm connected to Jesus because I have joy. Is, is your fruit evident? Here, here, here's another thing. Fruit, fruit doesn't eat itself. Fruit is for others. Did you know the only fruit that eats itself is a rotten fruit? Every other fruit is there to serve. It's there to serve. It's God produces something in you, not for you, but for people around you. I didn't grow joy for me to eat joy. I grew joy so I could give joy. I didn't grow peace so I could eat peace. I grew peace so that I could give peace, but I have it because I'm connected, but it, he bears fruit in my life to serve. It's not your average Christmas message. Some of you are like, what about gifts? What about, you know, can we talk about the wise men? Christmas Eve, gotcha. <laughs> Couple days. Joy is a byproduct of connection. If you don't look like Jesus, if no one sees you looking like Jesus, no evidence, if no one wants to be like you because of Jesus, you're a dying tree and not a productive Christian. People should look at you and their fruit should resemble Jesus. The fruit should be evident. 
And the fruit should be feeding others. People should want, you know, there's people that are just like fun to be around. It's just like, man, it's just like something about them. It's like, you know, I think if I, wherever you are, there's like a good time happening. Like, I like that. I like that. I, I like those people because I'm not always a good time. So I like to be with people that are a good time. It's like, let's have a good time together. It's, it, it, that, that's fun. It should be contagious from you. That something should be coming from your life. I, I, there's an old quote. It says, the world didn't give me this joy, so the world can't take this joy away. This, this joy... This joy that I have is the fruit of connection. What do you need in this season? Not less family. Not more money. You need more connection. You need more connection. And if you're connected with him, if you're connected to the vine, if you're connected to the source, then you will begin to see fruit grow in your life. And it will come and it will look like joy. And it will look like peace. And it will look like patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. First John Chapter 1, verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. I think that light is what the scriptures illustrate that when Jesus was about to come into the world, the prophets said that there was a light that was coming. That light was the good news that was prophesied. That Jesus was the light. He was the good news. And, and, and this light has no darkness at all. And many of you, maybe you're watching or you're here in the room and you're saying, there's some areas of my heart and my life and it's, it's, just, it's just been dark. Dark seasons, dark chapter, dark year. But in Him, there is no darkness at all. So I don't need less darkness. I need more light. I need His light. This season, this year, I need his light. I need that light to shine in my heart. I need that light to shine in these situations. It says in Psalm 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 119, 130, it says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. John chapter 8, verse 12 says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Where there is no light, there is no joy. If, if you don't have his light, you could never have his joy. It's connection to him that produces the light of life, him, Jesus, in our heart. It's the connection with him. It's abiding in him. What does abiding look like? It means me having my mind set on him. It's me digesting his word. It's me sitting and living in the revelation that God loves me. If God be for me, who can be against me? It's resting and residing in that thought that he is my light and he is my salvation. Everything I need for life and for godliness has come and been provided by him. He's the light of life. I, I love hunting for a lot of different reasons, mostly because I like being alone. And uh, I, I, like, I like being outside in, in nature and and the only thing is, like, sometimes the night can really be, it can really be scary, just being honest. And um, usually, you know, my brother and I would go together, but the other day I was going out and I was just by myself. 
It was real, like cloudy. Cloudy outside, you know, so like there's no moon, no stars. It was dark, like dark, dark. And I got out of my car and was kind of like, whoa, this is a little darker than I thought. And, and I really, I was really trying to be just like, I, did, I didn't want to start, I didn't want to have my light flashing around. So I just wanted to like real, you know, sneak. And uh, so I just like real quietly got out and I started walking. I knew the trail was like over in this direction. And I got on the trail and then there's the canopy of the trees. So there's the clouds and the canopy. I, I'm in dark, dark. Like I can't see my hand in front of my face. I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of animals in these woods. I mean, it's crazy. And, and I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to say this, but it, it's good illustration. So I'm just going to like be honest with you. I started seeing things. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. Whoa, whoa. Literally, I'm walking, trying to, I should have just used my flashlight. A stick poked me right in the eye. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're attacking me. It's like, it's just like a little, you know, little, little stick. Sad. It's crazy what darkness does. I had a little bit of darkness. Your mind starts to just go places. A little bit of darkness. You start seeing threats that aren't even threats. A little bit of darkness. You know, what's crazy is sometimes, most of the time, if you come into a bright room, you go into a dark room, your eyes begin to adjust. You know what I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning? He said, Dustin, I'm worried that some of my people have just adjusted to the darkness. He says, let me say it this way, just adjusted to the lack of joy. Enough to get around. I, my eyes have adjusted, so I can still see, I can still manage. But they've lost the desire, the cry for light. I'm telling you this, Jesus is not just the savior of the world. He's the light of the world. And he loves you so much that in him and in connection with him will bear fruit. And that fruit is not a partial joy, is not a one day joy, is not an overnight joy. It's a joy that remains and it is a, it is a joy that overflows. And no matter what this season has looked like, no matter what this year has looked like, no matter what your relationships looks like, your bank account looks like, your relationship status looks like, no matter how dark it looks to you and no matter how you've adjusted maybe 12 years, maybe 15 years, to God there is no darkness at all. And so today we invite the light of life. We invite the Savior of the world into every dark situation. The good news of Jesus, which is the connection with me and with you. And I don't have to go find joy. I have to find Him. And when I'm connected to Him, joy is the byproduct of my connection.